happened back in England was there was a there was a trainee who completed a, a, a busy night shift and and drove home after finishing a busy day busy night on the ICU and was a mile away from his house and on the phone to his I believe he might have even been on the phone to his missus who was trying to keep him awake and veered into a heavy goods vehicle um, by just nodding off to sleep and. Welcome to episode 52 of the Ups and Guiding Quick Gear podcast. Uh, hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this week I've got Parvesh back with me again. We're going to do another really um, dark topic. interesting topic. Unfortunately, I think the uh, podcast has taken a little bit of a dark turn. We seem to be getting really serious. Yeah. Uh, what do you I- think? It is a little bit serious, but I think it's probably worth mentioning that we wanted to talk a little, well, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, fatigue and burnout and and the importance of those two things and how they differ, really. Um, and um, mainly I'm going to end up talking a little bit about burnout. And, and I think the reason probably why I want to talk about it is because I came very close to that, yep. uh, to that and that's probably one of the big reasons for me coming out here to um i suppose the other side of the world to sort of Down know, under. to yeah to run away from it a little bit and then uh, you know reset myself and then go back and then we can we can talk a little bit about that in in a sec but i thought it's probably worthwhile talking about fatigue as well which is you know it's there's there's been a few events that have happened both back in the uk and here in australia uh, that yeah. have brought well, that to the forefront it's so. common to well, most healthcare professionals isn't it because we um we all yeah. have to do shift work and there's lots of um Unfortunately, patients are sick twenty four seven. So, so um, I suppose there's lots of other, there are some other industries that um, have have to um, do a lot of shift work as well. But it's, it certainly is relevant to us. They do, they do, and the, <coughs> uh, and uh, and I, and I know you were just telling me about um, there's there's an, there was a, a trainee, there was an O and G trainee. Was, yes. was, that, was that right? Camille Michino, I think, uh, had unfortunately um, had um, a fatigue related event. Um, she was a trainee who worked here, and uh, there's now an um, uh, uh, annual award, I think, for outstanding trainees in uh, Western Australia uh, in her memory, which is which is nice. Mm, mm. I mean, it's not so nice for the family. The, and the, the event that happened back in England was there was a there was a trainee who completed a, a busy night shift and and drove home after finishing a busy day busy night on the ICU and was a mile away from his house and on the phone to his, I believe he might have even been on the phone to his missus who was trying to keep him awake and veered into a heavy goods vehicle um, by just nodding off to sleep and yep. and and, uh, and, well, he, and he perished from that, uh, mm. which was obviously very sad. Um, yeah, that's very sad. Yeah, and I was trying to, I was trying to look up uh, or just have an idea of what, uh, you know, how things like burnout and fatigue differ. and. The real thing is, I mean, f- fatigue can uh, contribute to burnout, but fatigue is essentially um, being physically tired and drowsy, and uh, and it reduces your ability to work safely and effectively. Um, and it's not just being tired on a particular shift, although that is also um, not particularly, or after a shift, but it's also uh, being tired um, after you've had sleep, and you know you can have reduced um, hand-eye coordination and requiring and sort of uh, accumulating a sleep debt so yeah. you know after you've yep. after on your days off you really have to sleep more than your normal if you sleep eight hours you might need an extra four hours to sort of try and get over that and that's that's really what fatigue is um 
And there's a and the AAGBI in back in the day, it's the Association of um, Anaesthetists in Great Britain and Ireland. They've got a really good document and resource on uh, on on fatigue and how to mitigate fatigue. And they've taken some um, uh, they've taken the lead from the aviation industry as we you know we love taking we do love uh, copying yeah, the aviation industry. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty good, aren't they? They're very safety conscious and yeah. and they and they've taken another leaf out of their book out there. And what they've done is they've taken this. Uh, there's something called the I'm safe. Have you have you seen that, uh, Roger? I haven't, Roger? but yeah. I, so we're just going to go through that. I'm well, looking Roger. at it as you um, speak. So now. it's it's a checklist for when you're going to work, and um, and I'm going to say, you know, you might not get anyone coming into work after reading this, but yeah, I'm worried that I won't yeah, come to work at all. Yeah, so <laughs> just looking at the I, the I is for illness, the M is for medication, the S is for stress, the A is for alcohol. F is fatigue and E is for eating. And it's just going through a set of questions to ask yourself, are you going to be okay to work? And, yeah. you know, a, you know, a, a pilot's going to have several hundred, maybe hundreds of people in, the, in his lives in his hands. Uh, and, and, you know, we may, as an Eastis, only deal with one or, two, one, or one at a time. Yep. Or two if you do a surgery, maybe. Uh, but uh, I think it's still quite relevant to sort of sometimes no, ask these questions and say, you know, is this something... But should I really be at work? Yeah, and I think sometimes we um, the tendency is to um, to just try and plow on and uh, it is. feel feel you know, feel like you don't want to call in sick or uh, you don't want to stay home because um, that'll mean they have to rearrange things. They'll be short staffed, etc. So there's lots of because uns- that's the acceptable thing to do. Yeah, and there's a lot of unspoken pressures, aren't there? Absolutely. You know, if uh, it's the acceptable thing to do to be very tired and uh, or have not been quite on your game. Yep. And then thinking, oh, I don't want my colleagues to have to pick up the slack and do my list. But yeah. are we going to talk in? about the the responsibilities of the um, institutions themselves and how they? Um, well, they should. So, um, so going on to the other resource that I found uh, on the AGO website is is another thing that they've uh, is is this this the slept nod. Um, uh, uh, Resource fatigue tool, yep. fatigue tool, and essentially, it's it's if you're on a handover, is to ask someone, you know, if you've had a long shift or are you very tired, and to not let them drive home, or, or yeah. consider an alternative route to go home, and that's what these tragedies that we talked about that they were a result yeah, well, of people driving home. When, um, well, I wasn't involved in one, but when I worked at Swan Districts when I first came over here many years ago, uh, I was a resident medical officer working in the emergency department, and all the staff and the nurses there would very. Um, Hyper vigilant about letting me go home after a night shift, and um, that was because uh, I think in the sort of three to six months before I started, there was a, a junior doctor who had unfortunately run over a couple of pedestrians on the way oh home. God. Were, um, that's terrible. So, yeah. So, what, what's the fatigue tool? Uh, the fatigue tool is essentially uh, is to ask, is to on a handover after someone's had a long shift, especially after a night shift, is to make sure that they don't, if they hit a criteria. Uh, i.e. they look sleepy, they've had a long shift, or they're requiring, uh, you know, there's no plug for Red Bull, but things like Red Bull to stay awake or or, or look particularly tired. It's not it's to, it's to consider not letting them drive home because that could be a problem. Um, there are recommendations uh, in the UK to the, how, uh, what facilities should be available for, or rest facilities should be available. Um, it's they're not the easiest criteria to meet. I'll be honest, because yeah. some of them are you've got to have access to a room, easy access to a room which should be nice and quiet and dark, and sometimes yeah. not. I mean, although it's 
I can imagine doing a busy night shift where you might not have 20 minutes to have a yeah that's a, right. a, to switch off <clears throat> and although it would be healthy to do so sometimes we can't do that can we and I don't really know what to do what what can be done about that because it's tough isn't it so I want to raise that issue about the systemic things I, um, I don't know about you uh, and some of your former employers but I remember when I worked in uh, Queensland Health for Queensland Health many, uh, a while back when I was a registrar we I was working in Rockhampton and we had to cover the ICU and the theatre and I remember working from 8pm well I think it was 8pm or 6pm on a Friday through till 8am on a Monday wow and uh, one Sunday afternoon, myself and the consultant who were on, we, we had been pretty much been awake the whole time. So I don't know if I had that up in my head. Something like 36, 40 hours. And I was, just like you said, I was stumbling around. I couldn't talk properly. And um, mm. uh, luckily one of the uh, junior doctors who was working in the emergency department that afternoon recognised what was going on with me. And he had done uh, anaesthetics the uh, previous term. So he was, he was able to. So he just sent me home. He oh, said, you were just don't worry, he said, I'll, I'll, work, I'll cover overnight. You're not safe, and he sent me home. <clears throat> but unfortunately, my consultant colleague who was supervising me, and you know, both of us were trying to run the ICU and theatre, I don't think he got sent home by anyone, so I'm not sure how he coped. But, mm, that's yeah. a, I mean, but I, I mean, you know, that's, you know, you just, uh, some places you're used to, and perhaps there uh, are some places in uh, Australia and the UK, that's, or New Zealand, Australia and the UK, and all other parts of the world, that still roster people like that. They, they, uh, I, th I think the UK are much better now in terms of, uh, especially in anaesthetics, you don't have to do the whole 24-hour. I mean, some of the consultants still do quite long shifts, which I do feel, um, you know, I, I suppose at some point I'll have to be a consultant and that may be me and that's slightly worrying. But they've they've, they've done it for ages yeah. and it's not that I couldn't do it, but I'm not saying it's particularly good for you. Um, and some of the newer hospitals have, um, and they've they've sort of made space for rooms to be built in but it, you know the older hospitals they don't have that facility and it's yeah. or it's or it's a real detour to get to or you have to go and sign a key out and things like that which is and you still hear rumors of um <coughs> very old-fashioned um attitudes to by um, administration to night staff you know where they um where they won't let you have um somewhere to lie down or sleep because you're being paid so Absolutely. I'm sorry, I'm just doing inverted yeah, commas. Inverted commas hands. Yeah. You can't see that; it doesn't yeah. come very on a podcast. But you're being paid to work from. I could tell just from, by your voice from you 8 p.m. Yeah. till 8 a.m. So mm. why should you be sleeping? Sort of thing. Yeah. Which um, obviously, if there's nothing happening, you should sleep because then when you're you're more refreshed and ready to cope. With well, I, I've happen. I've had I've had experience as such from with the, with a hospital at home, and I won't mention any names, but they, I suppose, some people who know me who've worked in the same place will know what I'm talking about. But they had rooms where they had. I suppose they had like a little bed and it was a dark room and then they decided to take them away and put chairs in instead yes so you had to actually this reminds me of another anecdote but you finish yours this uh, you'd have to sit <laughs> in chairs and uh, and uh, often there'd be three people in that room with the sort of lazy boy armchairs yeah. which are sort of all right to have a relax in but not really have a rest in and yeah, then yeah. and then you'd have uh, uh, you know you'd thought oh, okay i've finished my ward run in the evening i'm going to go and have a little uh, rest and then and then half an hour later someone comes in and sits down in the chair next to you, <laughs> which was a bit weird, I'll be honest, at times. And um, yeah, so that yeah. reminds me. So when I did ICU, I did I, uh, a couple of years of ICU on and off. And um, yeah, in the big tertiary ICU I was in, this uh, the administration said exactly the same thing. They got rid of the room that had some beds in it and said that we all had to sleep. Uh, we weren't allowed to sleep because we were being paid to work. And uh, luckily, our ICU consultants thought this is crazy, and uh, they actually did 
exactly what you do, which is they were allowed to purchase chairs, so they bought these big lazy boys, which which basically flattened out completely and which were actually fairly comfortable to sleep no. in. <coughs> Well, they weren't like proper beds, but no, they're but not. we used to just flatten them out and go to sleep, and we'd only ever catch like an hour or two's snooze time. But I mean, uh, uh, recommendations are that you really should just have a small nap. You don't you don't need to have like five hours. I mean, if you get into a longer sleep, then you can you can have um, sleep inertia. Yeah, and, uh, that's and, right. Yeah. And uh, you will brain fog. Well, yeah, junior registrar yeah, phone me sometimes, and I've been asleep for an hour, and I can't remember. Yeah, they so talk to me about it the next day. Yeah, so you've, uh, uh, you know, you and it, it, you know, to, in order to sort of function clearly, it's difficult. And there's, there's there's lots of documents about recommending how you should conduct yourself on a night shift and make sure you're uh, all before and after a set of nights. Should we? Um any, should we move on to the next topic? Yeah, I think so. I think closing comments. No, closing also fatigue. I don't, I don't want to say too much about it. I think it's there. You know, there are a lot of systemic things that we need to address. That hopefully in years to come or in due course will will be addressed. Yep. Um, I think people need to take ownership of their own health. Yeah, that's right. You've in got to terms of uh, look after yourselves, there are recommendations on what to do. Don't plan. You don't plan to, to go shopping in the day. Because yeah. you've got a night and shift, then, and, and then knock back three cans of mother before you. Yeah, this just just won't work, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you know, maybe some regular exercise. Uh, you know, eat clean, you know. Uh, and apparently, uh, you know, yeah, those. I kinds think of things, all really. the listeners probably know what the right things to do is. Yeah, we do, don't we? But whether we do it or not is another, another yeah, that's issue. Right. <coughs> um, okay, so the next topic that uh, you wanted to talk about. Well, it's really burnout, and should, I, I, should I, we interrupt it with this um, very dark sort of t- topic with a uh, with a really bad dad joke? Go on. I like a dad joke. Have you heard about the uh, new restaurant on the moon? No. Great food, bad atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I completely massacred it. No atmosphere. No atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay. I'm not yeah. going to eat it that because it was terrible, but uh, okay. I, I deserved to go down flames. Okay. Okay. Well, that, uh, I thought that was great. <laughs> I will probably be, those who work with me in the theatres will probably hear it again. <laughs> I've already tried, I've already said it three times today. Okay. Um, well, next time I'm doing a dad joke then. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, this this is a slightly darker topic, and um, and the reason why I wanted to do it was, as I said, I've come quite close to um, being burnt out, and uh, and um, and I don't think uh, I would have wanted to continue in anaesthetics if I hadn't decided to uh, pull myself out of the sort of hole, so to speak, and uh, and do something different, but. I just want to address what burnout is because there's a you know it's not fatigue it's slightly different you know fatigue is very physical and uh, and fatigue can contribute to burnout and I don't profess to be an expert on it at all I've just read some stuff on it and listened to some other people talk and just talking about it through my own experiences and but fatigue it's uh, burnout itself is a syndrome and and essentially it's it's um, it, it occurs in those who work in the healthcare system, and they are emotionally exhausted uh, as a result of certain stresses. And it's when you lose uh, all concerns and emotional feelings, um, and you become sort of detached from your work, and you and you dehumanise, uh, yep. and you completely dehumanise. <coughs> and they and they talk about this three dimensions to burnout, and is emotional exhaustion. Um, uh, there's depersonalization and then there is a lack of any desire to for any professional development right uh, which <coughs> as healthcare professionals is it's a, a requirement you yes, know it's a right. requirement you need to keep moving with times um, yep. uh, and um, 
as I said, it's essentially a total state of total exhaustion. Yeah. Know? And um, and you need to, you know, I, I keep going back to what, how I felt about things, but you know, I I think I recognise it early, but not everybody does, and you know. It can lead to uh, other um, emotional and psychological issues like anxiety and depression. People may have become sleep sleep deprived. You can have negative patient outcomes from it. You know, you're, if, yep, you, if you have an, a lack of uh, if you have apathy to your work, um, you won't perform as well. You know, you won't yep. uh, interact with your colleagues as well, and that may affect the way others work, and that may affect you know, how. Uh, uh, the outcome of a patient. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, yeah, we can, I think we could all see that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and what could the, the causes? The yeah, causes, what are the causes? I what think the causes of it are. You know, we probably all know them, but it's working really long hours. You yeah. know, um, uh, you know. I think uh, we have a lot of this in the UK, like doing things like uh, basic, like mandatory sh- training on. Like, you guys have that as well, don't you? Yeah, and some of it's like yeah, you, you sighed, you know. Uh, I, I I feel the same <laughs> way, but sometimes it's uh, you know. How many times do you need to learn how you to do, wash yeah, your hands online? Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you know, th- uh, doing that constantly, over and over again, can contribute. It's all contributory. Yeah, you feel like it? the in, that your best part of this big machine that doesn't care about you. Yeah, it's um, it's it's uh, not very personal, isn't it? Is it? Um, yeah, and you're being made to do th- lots of things that are yeah. you know make no difference whatsoever to to things that matter. I think very much <coughs> feeling underappreciated for the work you do. Yep. I think no one, if you if you spent uh, time trying to save someone's life, and I know I've been there. I've I've been involved in a difficult case in this institute uh, where the patient was very very sick. An actual fact, that patient had a good outcome, and the only and I had a the only thing I heard from that was it was bad feedback yeah. I had a bit of bad feedback because I was curt with some people in theatre and they didn't like the way I spoke despite the fact I needed them to move quickly and you know I took that feedback on the chin and I thought okay that's fair enough you know I can be more polite next time but it's just uh, that can contribute to that yeah to I that agree sort of I understand where you come so, from there so um, I think not get, uh, not feeling like you're getting paid what you deserve uh, yep. uh, that that can be an issue and um, and lots of sort of and especially in terms of what we talk about continued professional development you know the need for trainees and consultants alike to, to do exams and courses and I mean exams are massive and that exams were a big factor for me you know in, in, my in your burnout yeah <coughs> yeah massively spending a lot of time studying and a lot of burnout and yep. you know trying to do extracurricular things and you know always having to takes over your life doesn't it so it you does. can't you can't have a personal life it does and sometimes it, and that's just it you yeah. know um you know where the, the the key is balance isn't it where where does the balance lie yeah and and when you're trying too hard to do one thing you know there is there is there is there's no balance in the scales and one thing will suffer and and it and it did for me um you know just spending too much time in work uh that had a you know that had a lot to answer for in in sort of uh other relationships breaking down which is this is i understand very dark topic and we're not going to go <laughs> yeah, on to my are, own my own confessions going down a hole, you know you know <laughs> we're not going to go on for too long about that but i think uh, that uh, what can uh, we do about burnout yeah i think what, in what terms of what to I mean, do it's, no it's about it's about recognition uh, yeah. so prevention and recognition Thanks is the key hi jesus please go to the itunes menu and subscribe to the show if you like it write a review this will also help us uh, get seen by the something's happening
I'll give them an after. Okay, so um, yeah, so recognition and prevention. So prevention uh, that could be at a personal level and it could also be at a systemic level. And um, in terms of systemic level, um, we probably should uh, recognise that there are things that can uh, push people to to burn out, and that would be, uh, you know, long in, uh, working long hours. And most places in this day and age, you do try and pr avoid uh, prevent people from working too long. Okay, yep. can't really help but getting ma making sure people get paid enough because that's that's <laughs> we'd all like we'd all like uh, to be paid more. But that, that, yeah. that's, that, that, I that's suspect real. that um, that's not as big a issue as, as having enough time for your personal life. And I think I think and feeling so. appreciated. Yeah, I think I think. Feeling appreciated. I mean, obviously, you got to pay your mortgage too. Yeah, and feeling appreciated is a massive. Yeah. And I think, uh, uh, I think, like, you, like we've set up this good egg scheme here, and I don't know how well it's going down. But the, 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 uh, just, just to, uh, do you want to tell people what this good egg thing is? Um, you, you do. Where you go? Well, so I think it's just every week you, you say someone is a good egg. They've done yep. something good in the week, and. It might be. I, am, more, I haven't got one it's yet. It's just a more positive. But, you know, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> well, actually, this discussion did come up recently. Is that it can turn into a bit of like um, yeah, well, just no, ever, everyone gets a turn at the good egg. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fair so enough. We, <laughs> we better leave it there. Yeah. But, um, okay. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. Maybe just. <laughs> but it is. It's nice having things that are positive rather than yeah. critical because I think healthcare in general seems in the last decade or two to have turned a little bit on like trying to criticise everything and find you know fill in. Um, Seems more uh, uh, data. Uh, yeah, you know, what what you mean? Mean? complaint forms complaint or forms, yeah. um, you know, error forms or you know what went wrong. And that's too much focus. Too much focus on the negative the side of things. When ninety nine percent of the time everyone does a good job, mm. and one percent of the time something goes wrong, and uh, but the focus is too much on the negative. Yeah, no so one ever, no one ever remembers the good. Thing. They do, but I think there's just not enough focus on it. Because I think everyone's pretty good at their job, actually. <coughs> Generally, but you need to hear that sometimes. You need to say, you, you know, that was a, that was a great cannula. Yeah. You know, or that was a, wow, that was you reach <laughs> your bed like that, like that was no tomorrow. You know. <laughs> you know? Sometimes yeah, if you someone just need said to that hear. to me, I would, I would yeah, actually I think I, it was a little bit sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, I think they probably would be, but. Uh, but yeah, you know. I know what you mean. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I think yeah, those are the, people just need to be be appreciated. Yep. Um, that's quite important. What else could we do to prevent? Uh, but I think... Uh, change of scene. Change of absolutely. So for me, um, I recognised that I was in trouble. Yep. And, uh, uh, and, you know, without going into too much detail, I felt like it was in a bit of a dark hole and uh, it was not really going to get better. And I removed myself from this, that situation. And I so saw something... So you did it by geographically moving yourself across the world? I did for a yep. short period of time uh, because I do need to go back, um, and I've I enjoyed my time here. Bec and it's been a new challenge; it's been different. Um, and although um, it's still anaesthetics and it's still a job, it's still clinically very similar to what I did. There's a new set of people. There's a new uh, uh, new protocols to look at. There's just just new, you know. There's a, hmm. a new way of living. Bit of weather. Slightly better. Today's not a good example <laughs> of that. Okay, um, uh, but um, um, but yeah, just just removing yourself from a bad situation and then res pressing yeah. the reset button. So um, I might just make a little comment. So but some, it's not a, easy to for everyone to always move somewhere different. But you can sort of change. You can almost have a change of scene without changing your job by just um, 
changing your focus, can't you? So, like, say, for example, just decide to learn a new skill or participate in some new sort of um, activity, like get into simulation or um, some new to a teaching program or just take on something that you haven't ever done before and it's just ex- interesting and... Um, Absolutely. Uh, and then throw yourself it's into It's to not stagnate. Yeah, so you if know. you throw yourself into something new that's, that um, you haven't done before, that, that can sort of re, uh, reignite your passion for coming to work or give you a reason to get interested in what you're doing. Yeah, and I, and I don't know what the answer is to, you know, how to get other people to look at burnout or prevent it or mitigate it. I, I don't know. But I think um, the answers are probably more obvious than we think. Yeah. And it's probably things like do something social, you know. Maybe that, go and have a beer with your friends. Maybe not too many, but, you know, go and, and be a bit more... Especially not just before a night shift. Yeah, especially, you know, <laughs> that's part of the... Hey, which one was it? Slept. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm safe. We're, yeah, we're so, contradicting ourselves yeah. here. But, you know, uh, that, but, you know, that's fatigue. This is burnout. <laughs> Pay attention, you know. But I think... Uh, um, Bit of exercise, a bit of extra exercise that helps. You yep. know, both go and play a sport, um, go on a holiday. Uh, I don't know. Do some stand-up comedy. Do Not me because I, I massacre punchlines for dare jokes. But no, I thought really they were pretty good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to go on too much about a topic that is is a serious topic. You yep. know, and I think um, people have probably suffered. You know, the, 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 the anaesthetics is well known for a high rate of depression, high rates of substance abuse and um, mental health problems, and, mental health problems. Yeah. and that and, and, I, and I, I expect uh, you know burnout plays a big part of that. I, uh, I think you're probably right. Where, where should we, should we, we probably should wind it up because um, uh, 25 minutes is about as long as most people listen I think but yeah. um, if people have been interested by the topic uh, where did you get most of your information I'll put a few links on the um, I think if you think if you're worried you should do uh, so there is something called the did we mention this before the Maslach um, um, just briefly mention so there's a we'll we'll try um, and put it on the uh, the, link on it it. so there there is a self test you can do and it tells you whether you're at low moderate high risk for burnout and I I believe and this is not evidence based at all and it's all anecdotal that if you recognise a problem early, there's a fly here. If if you recognise a problem early, then you can you can try and make things better, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, and re and reinvigorate um, um, yourself because you know I don't think I don't think I would I don't think I could do anything other than anaesthetics at the moment. Maybe I could, but I don't really think I want to do anything other than anaesthetics at the moment. So I'm hoping that after my year or two here. That I'll be able to go back and uh, be able to get on with things because I've. Well, uh, we've been lucky to have you here. Well, that's very kind of you to say that, but. Uh, so, um, okay, well, we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, thanks, um, that's good. Thanks, thanks for another interesting podcast. So, I'll put all the links to the um, resources that you've. You know, there's a few talks you've listened to. Yeah. That score and uh, anything else we think might be of use. Yeah. Thanks again, everyone. Uh, hopefully, next week we're going to do. Well, not next week. Next time. Uh, we're probably going to try and do something a little bit more upbeat maybe something clinical yeah. uh, good case or some, some yeah. topic how to survive a snake bite <laughs> yeah when you're pregnant when, when you're pregnant <laughs> <laughs> they don't suck it out do they that's not that's cut a it mi- out with a that's, knife that's and a myth and then spit it out that's a myth isn't it thanks for listening everyone 
please go to the iTunes menu and subscribe to the show if you like it. Write a review. This will also help us uh, get seen by other listeners on the iTunes menu. If you're also interested, please go to our website at www.opsandgynecritcare.org where there will be lots of show notes and links to uh, interesting videos related to the topic that you've just listened to. See you again next time.